You're listening to the Unplugged Goddess Podcast, a podcast where we can unplug and talk about real life shit. My name is Kelsey, and I'm here to inspire you to love yourself and find your worth. Join me every Wednesday to unplug and talk about all things self-love, empowerment, dating, and so much more. Get ready for raw conversations meant to inspire you and help you tap into your highest self. So, are you ready to love yourself, goddess? Hello, goddesses. Welcome back to another episode of the Unplugged Goddess podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Burchett, and today's episode, I was actually really inspired by showing and or not showing teaching you guys some of the things that I learned during my yoga teacher training. I have been a registered yoga teacher for two years now, which is crazy to think about. And one of the things that is discussed throughout, if you've ever dove into the deep practice of yoga or like the history behind it, you will find that there are eight limbs of yoga. And what I want to talk to you guys about today are two of those elements in the eight limbs of yoga called the yamas and the niyamas. And these personally have changed my overall outlook of life, my energy, and they are really powerful if you have never practiced these. And it's a really kind of cool, neat concept. So I wanted to share them with you all today and just kind of my take on the meaning behind them and how I personally practice them in my day-to-day life. Also, these names are very hard to pronounce. So don't come at me if you know how to pronounce these correctly and I'm saying them completely wrong. I try my best and I have like, I've watched YouTube videos on how to pronounce them correctly and they are just literally the toughest words to pronounce. So apologies in advance if I get some of these wrong. I just kind of say it with what makes sense to me and go with the flow. So, okay. So the yamas and the niyamas of yoga are basically like these principles that you can start to apply to your day-to-day life. The yamas, there's five of each. So we'll go into depth of each one, but just a little breakdown. So the yamas are basically like your social ethics, right? So they primarily focus on our actions when in community with others, while the niyamas are your personal practices. They focus more generally on our relationship with our physical selves within, you know, kind of our inward senses. So uh, I just love, I love sharing these because they have literally transformed my life. Okay, so let's start with the yamas. So yamas, which are social ethics, we have ahimsma, Satya, Asteya, Barakamakara, I know I'm pronouncing that one wrong, and Apiagara. Probably pronounced those all wrong, but it's fine. Okay, 
So ahimsma is kindness. So what are you putting out into the world? How are you treating others? And what these have personally done for me is really just be able to reflect and start to apply them into my life. And when I start to think about how I should be treating others, how I should be treating myself, I come back to this practice. I come back to these principles. And it's such a beautiful thing because like a self-love journey, all of these principles you take with you, right? And you start to unfold them. And it's not this like, you need to follow these guidelines or you're not going to live a fulfilling life. It's not like that at all. And I'll share a quote with you guys later on that is my absolute favorite by one of these one of the spiritual gurus that I like to follow. And he just explains it amazingly. But anyways, kind of went off on a tangent there. So you have ahimsma, which is kindness. So how are you treating others in the world? And then moving on to satya, which is truthfulness. So that's self-explanatory, being truthful to others, you know, just being an honest and truthful person. And for me, I like to apply satya as also not being fake towards others. Um, I'm a very blunt and honest person. I've always been that way. And I will never try. I don't like conflict, but at the same time, I'm not going to be this fake person because that's not truthfulness to me. Because if I if I don't like you, I don't like you. And it's, it's going to be known. I'm not going to like try to sugarcoat things. So truthfulness to me is also putting in that into play and really applying that to my life and being the best possible version of myself, staying true to myself and being truthful to others. Asatya is non-stealing. So, you know, just again, being a truthful person, not stealing obeying by the laws, the basic principles of the law system. Brahmakara, you guys, that one is a tongue twister. Brahmakara. Look these up so you can see them actually written out and you will understand (laughs) my struggle of trying to pronounce these. Brahmakara is essentially moderation. So to me, this one is really having a deep sense of balance within your life. So everything in moderation, right? We talk about moderation, whether that be with food or whether that be with, you know, I don't know, watching a certain show. You're not going to sit on the couch all day, right? You do all of these things in moderation. The next one is Apiagara. And this is personally one of my favorites. I still follow this principle to this day. It has honestly changed my life. And it's actually something that I teach my clients today in my self-love course is this yama. Apiagara is non-attachment. Non-attachment is something that is so powerful. And I remember when I first heard 
this term in yoga and they were talking about it and I was like, how can I practice non-attachment? Like, how am I not supposed to be attached to my feelings, to certain things in my life, right? And this is where I still to this day am on this journey of trying to practice non-attachment because it's a hard thing to do. When you are not attached to the outcome, we're talking about the outcome of certain things in life. So when you are non-attached to the outcome, when you go into things with an open mind, when you are non-attached to a relationship, you have no room for you to hurt yourself, for you to hurt your feelings, right? When we're so attached to these outcomes, a lot of the times we make up certain scenarios in our head and how we think things should play out. And then when that certain thing doesn't happen, we're upset and we just have hurt our own expectations. And so that's why the practice of apiagara is so beneficial. It's so powerful because once we start to become aware, we start to really practice non-attachment in our day-to-day life, you will start to notice just how much you will start to show up better in your relationship, in your life, because you are fully just showing up with an open mind. You are showing up fully yourself without the attachment of any outcome. So those are the five breakdowns of the yamas of yoga, which again are social ethics, what you are applying, following in your day-to-day life. Now, when we move on to the niyamas, this is pretty much your personal practices in life, your inward practices. What are you doing inwardly to fully live in your full potential? The first niyama we have is satcha, which is purity. Purity, cleanliness, and clearness of the mind and body. So to me, I like to think of this as really having this mental state. And for me, that's meditation, you know, coming back to where you can really start to clear the mind and come into the present moment. That's what really resonates with me. And again, that's why I love the yamas and the niyamas because I think that you can really make the definition of it fit what feels best for you. So purity to you could mean totally something different. But to me, I think of, okay, purity in the mind right? Like having a clear mind, being able to calm it, being able to drop into a meditation, drop into my breath, come back to the present moment. That is what resonates with me. Next, we have Santosha, which is contentment. So, you know, really making the most out of every situation you are in always finding the brighter side to things, right? Life could always be worse. It's being able to see the good out of a bad situation, which is something so powerful. And that's a hard practice as well. I oftentimes picture myself and know myself to be a very positive person, even when things are worst case scenario. But of course, I'm human. I'm not like that all the time. And in the moment, say something bad happens to us and 
in the moment, you probably are not thinking, oh, things could be worse for a few seconds, right? You feel the anger, you feel the rage with whatever has happened. Then you take a step back and then you can start to see, yes, things could be worse. This could have happened or this has happened to me, but I know that it is happening for a reason. I know that I'm going to grow and learn from this. Again, a super powerful type of practice to keep in mind and really have this inner work for you to follow along in your life. The next one is tapas. Love this one. So when we think of tapas, right, that's a Spanish word, essentially meaning hot. Self-discipline is what tapas means. So being very self-disciplined, which comes back, I always say that self-love, you have to be very self-disciplined because you can be motivated, you can want to do the inner work, but if you are not self-disciplined, then some days things are not going to get done. You have to want to change your life. You have to want to wake up every day and choose to do your morning routine rather than sit in bed and scroll on Instagram as your morning routine. I personally love coming back to tapas and really tapping into that self-discipline when I think of, okay, am I actually needing a break? Am I actually needing to rest or am I being lazy? So it's becoming very self-aware and seeing if you are actually needing a break, needing a rest moment, which is perfectly fine and that's why you don't want to do a certain thing or are you being lazy and you just don't want to do it because it's easier in the moment to not do a certain thing, right? So that's where the self-discipline has to come in. That's where you really have to build that heat, tapas, right? That heat within yourself to want to do this for you. The next niyama is suriyaya, which is self-study. So This is really self-explanatory. It's the study within the self, studying oneself to become more knowledgeable of what is happening within. So to me, I like to relate self-study as having this reflection when certain things happen, being able to reflect back on them, coming within and really tapping into the mind, which is a hard thing to do in itself. For me, self-discovery is really being able to tap into meditation and being able to self-reflect on certain scenarios and not pushing things to the side when they happen. I think that's what resonates most with me when I hear self-study is, you know, really becoming aware of the things that we do that harm us. So what are you doing to yourself that is harming you, that is, you know, not allowing you to live out your full potential? So that could be anything from negative self-talk, right? That's a big one. 
you know, having a very negative mindset towards yourself or towards certain things in life. And so it's really becoming aware of how you are really living out your life, living out your truth and being able to tap into yourself and really reflecting on what you are doing and how you can move forward to better yourself. The last niyama, and this one I have never been able to pronounce. (laughs) It is such a difficult one. So here goes nothing to try to pronounce this as best I can. Is wara pranyahana, which means to surrender. This, again, such a powerful one. So to really surrender yourself to let go of the past, to let go of what is no longer serving you. Surrendering can be really hard, right? It's a hard thing to do. It's part of the healing process to really allow yourself to feel, to allow yourself to surrender and let go of all these feelings to cry out to really look within and to stop essentially blocking out things that may have hurt you in the past and really sitting with them and surrendering and letting it go so that you can move forward and you can live your fullest potential out into the world. I personally just wanted to share these yamas and niyamas with you because I think they are so powerful and If you have never heard of them before, I encourage you to look more into them and to just research them and maybe write them down, write them out, and just try to apply some of them into your life. In When I was in my yoga teacher training, one of the things that they had us do was pick one yama and one niyama to focus on for two weeks and then really self-reflect, journal about what we experienced when we focused on a certain one. And that is something that is really powerful and something that you can start to do if you do want to apply these into your life. I really encourage you to do that. So just take one yama, one niyama, focus on focus in on those for two weeks and then journal on them, reflect, and then pick another one. You could just go down the line, you know, and do two every two weeks. And just that practice and becoming aware of all these things, I think is, it's just really powerful. And it's honestly life-changing. And also the practice of the yamas and the niyamas, they really inspired me to remember that yoga is essentially a way of life. So even when I am not practicing on my mat, even when I'm not in, you know, an hour yoga class, I still have these practices to look on and to be practicing every day in my life. And and I wanted to share this, as I said, from one of my personal favorite spiritual gurus who says, and his name... <laughs> not going to be able to pronounce it, but here goes nothing. His name is Gurudev Siri Siri Rava Shankar. <laughs> he is an Indian spiritual leader, and this is what he has to say about the eight limbs of yoga, which I think is so powerful. So he says, 
Yoga has eight limbs, like a chair, which has ha- which has got four legs. Each one is connected to the whole. If you pull one leg, the whole chair comes. When the body is developing, the whole body develops together. All of the organs of the body develop together. Not that the nose develops first and then the ears come. All the aspects, all the limbs of the body develop simultaneously. This is why Pantanjali says that all of the limbs, not steps of yoga, and they develop simultaneously. And then he goes into saying, to the extent you practice yamas and niyamas, you will go deeper into your practice and purpose of yoga. There is no need to doubt or analyze yourself too much. Just the intention to practice yamas and niyamas is good enough. Just sow the seeds, keep nurturing them with your practice and relax. The seeds will sprout. How powerful is that? Especially that last statement, the seeds will sprout. That personally resonates so much with me because if you (laughs) have been listening to these podcasts or follow me along on Instagram, social media, I always am saying that self-love is a journey and not a destination. And so I love that he says the seeds will sprout because that's so powerful. You know, just showing up for yourself is enough. If you show up just a little bit each day for yourself, you are going to start to notice changes. The seeds are going to start to sprout into your life for you to live out your truth, for you to fully show up, perform better in life, and to fully start to tap into yourself within. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode and let me know if you end up maybe trying to implement any of these into your life. I would love to hear how you personally relate to these. So feel free to connect with me outside of this episode. Message me on Instagram. I would love to chat with you and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.